So cannabis, when you look at it medically, it's actually far less addicting than any of the drugs that I just mentioned. So that's why I'm trying to, uh, by educating people about what, what cannabis can do, about why it works. Like CBD is actually not classified as a drug in itself. So like yeah. the cannabis molecule is, right? So when you buy CBD, there's not allowed to be any THC in it, at least not in, in Europe. Um, like it is a, a drug that works uh, on receptors in the brain so 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 it is a drug along with all the kinds of other drugs that we take all the time right hello and welcome to girls with goals i'm neve mar coming to you from my bedroom as always thanks so much for joining us this week hope you're all keeping well um, i'm really excited to introduce my guest to you this week we are talking about cannabis and cbd and basically right there's so much information out there at the moment i wanted to talk to a doctor and really look at this from a scientific but holistic approach as well as wellness and health and just kind of trying to figure out a little bit about what exactly it is who it's meant to be for and how it can help you so dr julie Malka is founder and editor-in-chief of Dosage, which is an online magazine that explores the world of cannabis health and wellness through a doctor's lens. She's dedicated years of her professional life to understanding the science behind CBD. So one of the, as we know, major hot topics at the moment and of the decade in terms of medicine and wellness. So she is on a mission to make science-backed knowledge about cannabis and general health available to a wider audience to help people live a healthy life. So I wanted to drop in a little dash of legal here before I continue. So in Ireland, CBD is not illegal under the Misuse of Drugs Act. CBD is not currently off authorized as a medicinal product, though, by the Health Products Regulatory Authority in Ireland. So this means that it's not considered as a treatment option and CBD products cannot be prescribed by doctors. CBD oil can only be sold legally if all traces of THC are removed. So that's out of the way. Basically, I just wanted to talk to Julie about what exactly all of that means that I just said. It can be a little bit of a gray area when it comes to the regulatory aspect of it. So I wanted to learn more. So I caught up with Julie earlier in the week and take a listen. So, Dr. Julie Maltka, you're very welcome to the show. Uh, thank you so much for joining us. I know that you're on your holidays at the moment. You're on a retreat, so I won't keep you too long. Um, we're going to talk about uh, the book that you've written and the benefits of CBD. That's what I know our audience are really interested in, and, and you have a huge amount of experience in that area. But first, I want to go back a bit and find out how you got into this area of health and wellness that you're in now. So could you tell us a little bit about your own career journey first? Uh, yeah, I would love to. And first of all, thank you for having me. It's really nice to be on uh, your channel. But uh, yeah, so for me, it all started actually in um, when I was in medical school. I, uh, as you can probably hear in my accent, I'm, I'm from Scandinavia. And when I was studying to become a doctor, I um I was always really fascinated about the, the sort of the, the, the human mind and our behavior. And then when I finally got out to use all the theory that I had learned, um, I just felt there was such a huge um, disappointment when, when I actually realized how little I was able to do for, for many of the, the patients that I saw. And I, um, I first worked as a, as a surgeon. I was uh, working as a um, 
an orthopedic surgeon and of course that was very mechanical and there you really get to use your your theory more so but as soon as I got out to work as a GP I just saw like that 90% of my um, patients were were suffering with these chronic illnesses lifestyle diseases and the way that um, the conventional medicine, conventional healthcare is really treating these people is by giving them, them 10 minutes consultation where um, you what, what you can offer is mostly pharmaceuticals. And so like what these people actually need is to um, be seen with everything that there is to them, their um, sort of like health status, uh, their lifestyle factors and and like really also the psychological side, like the dispositions, um, and and you know you can't do that in ten minutes. Uh, so so what we're doing in, in sort of like traditional medicine is really just covering up symptoms with drugs, and then the more yeah. drugs you get, the more side effects you get from these drugs. And so that really sort of like started my journey into more so integrative medicine, functional medicine, and. As soon as I like got onto that path, it started with like um, doing a, a very intensive course in stress reduction, with, where I got really acquainted with mindfulness, and I became a yoga instructor. And so, just like you know, putting adding these uh, more alternative um, knowledges to my already existing conventional knowledge, and then. Um, the the last addition was actually uh, uh, cannabis, medicinal yeah. cannabis and CBD. So I, at the moment, I, I do a lot of different things. But like one of the things is that I work in the pain clinic where we work holistically with patients in Denmark, and I prescribe yeah. medicinal cannabis. Then in in London, I work with um, a lot of CBD and health and wellness. Uh, I, I work with uh, brands who wish to use CBD, um, like for example, this brand Minami, who is using uh, omega three um, and and CBD combined uh, to support health. And then I do retreats on my farm in Sweden, so that's why I'm in Sweden right now because um, I do sort of like stress reduction yoga and mindfulness retreats there. Um, so yeah. it, it took, it took, uh, I mean, like as soon as you realize the benefits of holistic, like holistic medicine, it, it really, there's no way back. I think it's just, you yeah. have to combine the two. It's so interesting what you were saying there, Julie, about, um, you know, about the effects that drugs have on people's health and essentially, you know, when you talk about CBD and this was just and medicinal cannabis, just from doing a little bit of research into it myself, you know, a huge amount of what you're talking about is the kind of long-term health and the long-term effects that, that it can have um, and how it can benefit people. Because one of the, I suppose, I don't know, and disagree with me on this if you think that I'm incorrect, but some of the controversy around CBD and using cannabis for medicinal purposes is the fact that it is, you know, associated with marijuana and it is associated with drugs when when what you said there previously was that a lot of the time we're throwing drugs at illnesses and actually that just puts a plaster on it for a little while but ultimately it's not actually having a benefit in the long term so that's one of the things that kind of that kind of confuses me I suppose because people will say well everybody who uses CBD or hemp or or anything like this you know it's actually it's drugs and like yes it is a drug but like for God's sake, we're all using a lot of drugs in this day and age in modern medicine. So, I mean, what what do you kind of say to that element of it when it comes to a little bit of the controversy associated? Uh, I love that question, and I think it's super relevant because 
one of the, the things that we are really, that I'm working a lot with is changing the perception around um, cannabis. And for example, I never use the word marijuana because it yeah. has been heavily sort of like used in this anti-cannabis propaganda to, to just sort of like take it from the beginning. Can, the cannabis plant has been used for medicinal um, purposes for almost 5,000 years and it's only since the 30s that it's been looked at as a as a, um, a drug and as an illegal drug. So there was yeah. a lot of anti-cannabis propaganda in the 30s and um, and so um, today, uh, we, we obviously still have um, uh, a lot of people who are using uh, cannabis uh, recreationally. And that's like one group that I, I don't even sort of like um, get too much involved with that because what I work with is cannabis as a medicine. And it's yeah. the same, you know, like all drugs that, that can be um, have some kind of consciousness-altering effect, like that can get you to feel euphoric. They also have the potential for misuse. That comes with opioids that are heavily misused, especially in the in the U.S., but also in the U.K. Uh, also, benzodiazepines like Valium, that yeah. they they are these kind of like hypnotics that can make you sleep uh, uh, better or reduce anxiety, but they have a terrible um, uh, abusive potential. And mm. so, um, so cannabis, when you look at it medically, it's actually far less addicting than any of the drugs that I just mentioned. So, mm. so that's why I'm trying to sort of like get into this uh, by educating people about what, what cannabis can do, about why it works, which I, I suppose we'll talk a little bit about the endocannabinoid system. And, um, and, so, um, and then also kind of like making this clear line between people who are using it recreationally to get high, like people who use alcohol, um, yeah. and people who are using it medicinally because it has some incredible beneficial properties. And then just a final note, like CBD is actually not classified as a drug in itself. So like yeah. the cannabis molecule is, right? So when you buy CBD and, and there's no um, note, there's not allowed to be any THC in it, at least not in, in Europe. Um, yeah. And THC is the component that makes you high. So when you buy like C- CBD, you, you shouldn't be doing anything illegally. But of course, like it is a, a drug that works uh, yeah, on receptors in the brain, so 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 it is a drug along with all the kinds of other drugs that we take all the time, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So that's that's a key point. So the THC is removed um, uh, entirely, and I was I was looking into a little bit here in Ireland, and it, you know it's not illegal under the Misuse of Drugs Act or anything like that, but uh, THC does have to be removed entirely from it. So just for people who don't know, like. I mean, we say it as a phrase, you know, when you've written the book about something, you know everything about it. So you literally have written the book. It's called A Quick Guide to CBD. And it cuts straight to the facts and tells people, you know, about CBD in a very accessible way, in a very simple way to understand it. So I suppose you you touched on some of the, the benefits there earlier on. But, you know, what I think is so interesting about the work that you're doing is because it's it's about a doctor-led lens and perspective of it. So for people who are complete beginners and who have no understanding of it, can you just kind of go through the science behind what the benefits yeah. are for people um, who want to understand CBD a little bit better? Yeah, uh, I would love to do that. And I think um, to really understand why 
CBD can have so many potential benefits. You need to just go one step back and look at um, how CBD works in the body. Um, uh, because like when you say CBD is anti-inflammatory, it's antioxidant, it can help reduce anxiety and depression. And it can also um, sort of like, you know, uh, it might be able to improve uh, uh, like um, period cramps and stuff like that. When you say that, uh, people are just thinking, what are you talking about? There's no such drug, like there's no such molecule that can do so many things. Yeah. Um, but but when you then look at the reason why, it makes a lot more sense. So um, to just uh, put it a little bit uh, simply and the way that I write about it in the book is that um, we have this internal um, system in our body, which is regulating a lot of our emotional and physiological processes, just keeping the balance in our body. This system is called the endocannabinoid system. Mm-hmm. It's a difficult word, and it comes from endocannabinoids. That means that the um, molecules and messenger molecules in our body that we produce, and they look a little bit like the cannabis molecules. Yeah. So, um, so we actually produce, like we, you know, the body also is making its own opioids, that's the endorphins, and, and the body is also making its own sort of like endocannabinoids, its own cannabis molecules. And um, the endocannabinoid system is regulating uh, very important functions like mood, memory, um, it's, it, it regulates our appetite, it's also involved in like fear processing, in, mm-hmm. in reward. Uh, in pain perception and in uh, regulating our immune system, among others. And the way that you can look at the endocannabinoid system, it's quite interestingly, you can see it a bit like um, if you have a grand hotel and everybody who's been in these like fine hotels, you know, you walk in the door and it's just, you know, it, everything is just completely spotless. So there are just the beautiful flowers. Everybody looks great. The rooms are amazing. The restaurant is, it has the, the newest cuisine and, yeah, and so all this is 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 uh, being overlooked by this main butler, and this is a little bit like the endocannabinoid system. It's the main butler of our our organism in a way. It kind of just makes sure that everything is um, being fine tuned, that we're keeping a balance in our sort of like uh, in, in emotional um, and uh, mental and physical body. Yeah. Um, and, and that's why we have these receptors, endocannabinoid receptors, spread out through our whole um, organism in the brain and our central nervous system. It's actually one of the like most abundant receptors in the brain, which is a little bit crazy because you don't even learn about it in medical school and it's one of the most abundant receptors in the brain. And you have it in the bone, and you have it in many of your inter- most of your internal organs in the gut. You also have it on on your immune cells in your reproductive organs. So this is the way that CBD is 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 uh, having all these um, effects in medicinal cannabis by working with this system. So as I said, the system has receptors all over the body, and when you then ingest either the cannabis plant uh, as a medicinal cannabis also when you smoke it of course it is at the end of the day the same plant or if you take CBD it will interact with this system and thereby regulate the functions that I was talking about mood, memory, reward, pain, inflammation yeah. and, and so on so so that is like you know a very brief um, description of it it's actually a, a, a science which is quite like new still you know we have yeah. more than 20,000 articles on the 
sort of science um, like platform, but still there's so much to be uncovered, so much to be understood. It's like really an exciting new um, like area, I would say. Absolutely. And when you say there, you know, that that's a very simple way of explaining it, but it, it, the way that you explain it also gets across how massive this system is in the body and how I'm going to try it. I'm going to try to say it, Julie, the endocannabinoid yeah. system um, is Woo-hoo. is very <laughs> crucial. I think I, I think I nailed that one. I was, I'm pretty happy with that. Um, I suppose that the next thing that I just wanted to ask, and again, you know, I'll leave all the links to where people can find out more about this because your online publication as well, Dosage, is really interesting too. And I, I implore people to go and, and, and check that out because that's obviously, you know, coming at it from a doctor's point of view and the science behind it, which is really important. Um, how and when to take CBD? This is one of the things that I feel people do get confused with as well, just because like you said there, there is so much information online. You know, there's there's oils, there's salves, there's vapes, there's, there's gummies, there's so many different ways that you can actually take it. So, I mean, for anybody who is trying to explore this avenue, what kind of advice would you give in terms of, I suppose... Uh, understanding what the best way to take CBD would be for you and also when and when it's appropriate and how it can um, kind of help your your life in that kind of avenue. What advice would you have? Yeah, so I also have a section on that in the book uh, where it sort of like uh, tells you how to get started. But I would say that, um, like, first of all, I always ask anyone that I work with, any client that, they sort of um, tell me why they want to use CBD. So what is really the reason? Like, do they just want to do it for general health and well-being, or is it that they're actually looking to solve a problem, like a symptom? Like mm. it could be that they are dealing with insomnia, it can be stress or anxiety or arthritis or uh, IBS. Like, what, what? So, so you need to sort of like first pin down what's the reason for for wanting to use it. Once you know that, then you can sort of like research, okay, what is the best application method? What's the best way of using CBD for my specific condition? Um, And just to give one example, um, if you have a hard time sleeping, a lot of people are actually using CBD and it's not really necessarily making you like sleepy and, and it's not sedating, but it does really help to reduce sort of like you know, the stress and the anxiety of the mind, which is often one of the, the reasons why it's hard to fall asleep, right? So mm. I would say, like, if, then let's say you have, you suffer from sleep problems and then you um, you you can then, uh, like, uh, take uh, uh, CBD capsules or you can take CBD oil um, mm. and about 20 to 50 milligrams before going to bed. And like the dose is a key element here. Um, like, uh, so I would say that you definitely need to get above 10 milligrams if you're just like, you know, taking a few drops and you're not really ever going to feel the effect because um, like when you, the studies that have been made so far with CBD, they have used really um, like really high doses. But then you can also combine CBD with other ingredients. For example, like um, if you're look if you are dealing with depression or 
um, or sort of like mood disorders. Then, like uh, you can use um, CBD together with, for example, fish oil, because like you know that um, these can really boost, uh, like synergistically work together. Like because yeah. both um, CBD and fish oil has is known to reduce inflammation and really help improve. Um, uh, mood disorders and depression so like so you can really kind of like go in and uh, and use it for the the kind of um condition that you're suffering with and then i would Definitely. say one thing to look for when you're looking for a cbd product is um is to uh, make sure that you um uh, use a brand that puts up lab tests online because that's really important then you know that yeah. they have everything done professionally because it's not really Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. I'm going to I'm going to link to anybody who's listening to this. We we're going to have an article up on on her.ie, which will have all the links to um, uh, some of the resources that you can go and find out more. And also to some of the products that um, you yourself, Julie, do highly recommend if you're if you're getting involved mm. in, in CBD for the first time as well. So um, before great. I let you go. Yeah, before I let you go, I just wanted to ask as well, um, in terms of the kind of work that you're doing within the medical community and, you know, with your online publication and and you also uh, host a podcast as well. What what is the reaction like from um, within the medical community in terms of moving forward with cannabis health when it comes to um, integrating it more into the entire medical community? Because you know, like here in Ireland, for example, you know, doctors aren't aren't prescribing CBD oil or anything like that. Kind of on a on a general basis, it's not necessarily recognised as. Um, a treatment option at the moment. Uh, now, I, I do feel like with the amount of uh, research and the amount of information that people are getting, I feel like that is going to be changing. But I mean, how are you seeing it develop from the inside out in terms of the medical community? So I think that um, like the sort of the, the um, demand for medicinal cannabis and CBD has never really come from the medical profession. It's it's been a movement that has been driven by patients. Yeah. Uh, so that uh, and and that means that it's really slow um, for it to sort of like really latch on to the um, conventional medical profession. Um, I do, however, see that now with um, the medicinal cannabis being legal in many countries in Europe, including the UK where I work with it, but also in Denmark where I prescribe it in the clinic, is that mm. these in the bin, in the beginning there was so much resistance. It was like everyone was resisting, and they were saying, "Oh, there's no evidence. Like we haven't. There's no. There are no studies." And and obviously these doctors saying that they hadn't even looked into the evidence but because of course like you're a medical doctor and you work a full-time job and you don't have time to read these like thousands of articles that there are but so um, the cannabis industry has been working a lot I, I have also been in, involved with this a lot um, with the public education and the education of doctors and you can really see that this is slowly 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 changing and mm. then more kind of like the doctors who are more open for change and have a more uh, open-minded um uh, sort of like um, attitude they are slowly adapting and i think what's also um causing this is that we just see you know you, you can see it like there are these amazing stories of patients who've been like taking these 
terrible, like, you know, um, pain medications and opioids for, for decades. And they've been living inside their own little world of, it's like when you take these gabapentin and opioids, you feel like you're in a little bubble. You can't really interact yeah. with the normal world. And suddenly you can change to a medication which does not give you these side effects and which has very few side effects in general. So, so I mean, the stories are really paving the way, I would say, which is quite yeah. beautiful. Yeah. I think um, in terms of the the research that I've been doing on it, I think that the the stress and anxiety is one of the things that I know our audience will really be interested in because especially during lockdown over the last few mm-hmm. months, we've done a lot of work on, on this show and just the channels in general to kind of highlight the fact that if people are struggling with these kind of conditions, yeah. that there are a lot of outlets that they can, um, you know, get help and they can talk and they can. But the thing is, Julie, like sometimes people don't like talking about how anxious they are. Sometimes no. people don't like talking and going to see a therapist in that way. And in that way, do you see CBD kind of really help those people who are potentially yeah. suffering from these kind of um, really debilitating aspects of life, but they don't just want to go and talk to a therapist and spend a shit ton of money on it as well, you know? Uh, you're completely right. I mean, like therapy, uh, I'm not saying so last year, but it's like really, um, it's not easy accessible for many yeah. people. There's like CBD is something that you can access and and um and it's just been shown like I have conducted research myself actually into the reason why people take CBD in the first place and one of these uh, like the, the two main reasons are um uh, for stress and anxiety and like this is just it's so common and like especially now post or during corona it's it, it's it's impossible almost not to have a little bit of anxiety for how the future will 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 turn out. Um, so I think that CBD is uh, is, is potentially um, I mean it's going to be even bigger in the UK and, and across the globe really because it just has uh, these uh, great benefits on mental health, on stress, on anxiety, on depression, and um, and yeah, I would say like. Um, these kind of like natural medicines that uh, that can help um, um, boost our mental health and support our mental health without having terrible side effects and that you can also easily access, I, I think that they are gaining more popularity. Um, so, for example, this, this uh, brand that I'm collaborating with, uh, Minami, and they do facial, which is also known to support mental health. So if you go and look and you can take ashwagandha, which can also reduce stress. And like there are so many of these like herbal um, and natural adaptogens that can, that can help in this time of change and, and really help cope with the, uh, because change is a natural stressor. I mean, like, um, but when yeah. now we're talking about supplements, of course, I will also my number one recommendation for anyone and is meditation. That's really probably the one of the m- most natural things you can do to improve your mental and physical health. Absolutely. I was going to say just just before I let you go, um, your Instagram account for anybody who wants to go and find out more is julie.moltke, M-O-L-T-K-E, and I'll link everything below as well. But you do, you, you mentioned there at the beginning of the call about um, your retreats on your Swedish farm. And I'm, I swear to God, I feel more relaxed even just <laughs> speaking to you over the last few minutes. But um, uh, at my Mindfulness Manor are, are the kind of retreats that you do. And can you tell us a little bit about what these are and, and what kind of um, information people will get out of yeah. these types of retreats? Uh, 
just talking about the retreats makes me so happy. It's like one of the most purposeful <laughs> things I, I do. Uh, it's uh, I, I was so lucky to inherit uh, this uh, farm from my father in, uh, in Sweden. And uh, and so there, it's just like the most beautiful, peaceful place um, by the lake in the forest. And yeah. there's just something incredible about being surrounded by nature in that way because it really makes you... Um, realize how we're all connected to nature and how, um, how how that realization also makes you slow down in a way because you know in nature everything is happening in the time that it's supposed to. There is no rush. It's not like you're rushing a flower to bloom. It's going to happen mm-hmm. exactly when it's supposed to, right? So just that, like being in these surroundings is really healing and we know that also from research that it can help reduce cortisol levels and stress and anxiety and even sort of like improve our immune system. But then I also work a lot um, with stress reduction and and this um, is uh, one with uh, helping people learn the concepts of mindfulness um, Mm -hmm. and learn how to do basic mindfulness meditations. Uh, But I also help incorporate sort of like really basic tips on how to um, reduce stress in your day-to-day life. I mean, it's like basic things like taking breaks during the day. Like, for example, I always advise my clients to do, do like one-minute breaks um, mm-hmm. every hour. So you set a little time or two-minute break, but you set a little timer on your phone. And when it rings, you just have to take that break because otherwise it's so easy to work like eight, ten hours in a row without only that little break for your, for your lunch and that's just scrolling away on your Instagram. So I'm just really trying to, to, to make people, um, like give people access to the tools that can improve quality of life in the long run and reduce stress and really connect you to your, like who you are, who your, like your values, because they are the, the things that can guide you uh, on your path. Because at the end of the day, we're all a little different, even though we're pretty much the same. But so we need to sort of like listen to our own innate wisdom, which will guide us to which direction we need to go when it comes to everything from what, the, what is the best exercise to you, to diet and, and you yeah. know, career path. So, so that's what we do, and um, yeah, it, it sounds so incredible. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I know it sounds absolutely incredible. So, um, Dr. Julie Molka, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you get back to your retreat. So, the book is called A Quick Guide to CBD, and I've learned so much just from chatting with you. I'm definitely gonna reconnect more with my endocannabinoid system within my own body Yay. and continue to learn. Yeah. And I do genuinely believe that, you know, our Irish audiences um, will will learn something from from hearing from people like you who are within the medical community and who are talking about this. It's it's new. It's what's deemed as a hot topic. But at the same time, you know, like you said, and I'm quoting you directly, everyone should get the chance to live a life without pain, anxiety and stress. I mean, that's just the dream, isn't it? So <laughs> talk to you soon, Julie. Thank you. Thank you so much for having yeah. me. So that was Dr. Julie Molka there. Uh, such an interesting conversation. I learned so much. I could have continued to speak to her, but I was literally pulling her out of a beautiful farm retreat in Sweden. So as I mentioned, I've linked everything below. You can find more information as well over on her.ie about all the work that Julie is doing with medicinal cannabis. Thank you so much for listening and we will chat to you next week.